Cloud complexity, tool sprawl, and the AI awakening further tips the balance in favor of cyber attackers. You combine this with corporate inertia, AI washing, LLM inconsistency, and the pace of change, we believe for now anyway, adversaries have the advantage over defenders. Moreover, macro spending headwinds continue to force organizations to make trade-offs, not the least of which is how to fund AI experiments and more importantly, deployments. Notably, however, 45% of organizations are using LLMs in production for use cases that you know, very well may improve the productivity of SecOps teams in the long run and accelerate the cat and mouse game and bring it back to a state of equilibrium. Hello and welcome to this week's Wikibon Cube Insights powered by ETR. In this breaking analysis, we share key takeaways from SuperCloud 3, AI meets cloud security, and put forth new spending data from the latest ETR survey that shows which security firms are best positioned in the AI race to capitalize on the AI wave. You know, the spending climate, it's still tight. Here we show the latest results from ETR's July survey. It's a drill down survey of nearly 1,800 IT decision makers representing three quarters of a billion dollars in worldwide tech spending. Now, as we've reported in our research previously, we entered 2023, we came into this year with a much more sanguine spending outlook of 4.6% annual growth. This figure has deteriorated over time and continues to see headwinds. IT executives now expect just under 3% growth for the year, down again from the last survey period. Now the AI awakening, it's starting to have an impact and shift spending priorities. Here are the results from that same drill down survey assessing sector priorities. Now, while cybersecurity remains the leading priority yet again, we continue to see a slight downtick from last October but it's still quite a bit ahead of the other sectors. Now, notably, AI has seen a marked uptick in the survey as shown by that red arrow. SuperCloud 3 was all about AI and cloud security, and you can see why here. Cloud migration, despite the optimization trend over the year, remains steady as, as does analytics and data platforms, which is a subject that we've covered extensively, data platforms, that is. Now, the point is, whereas budget constraints combined with the AI imperative, force companies to make more trade-offs, cloud chaos and the wide availability of new AI tools such as generative AI further enable attackers, we believe. Now more evidence of this trade-off is seen here. This graphic plots net score or spending momentum on the vertical axis and pervasion in the data set. It's kind of a funny word, but it's a proxy for penetration in the market. The 40% red dotted line indicates a highly elevated spending velocity. And you see those squiggly lines? That tracks the momentum for each of those segments for the past three quarters. So we're showing AI, uh, uh, cloud computing, and of course, an arrow toward information security. Now, as we reported last week, AI bottomed the month before the announcement of ChatGPT and has been up and to the right ever since. Only AI and containers remain above that 40% mark, although cloud computing is, is right there, as you can see, and it's, it's much more mature market. So having that high a net score or spending velocity is actually quite impressive. And they've got you know, a very big presence in the data set. So that mean, meaning to have that large of a share of market with that kind of sustained momentum is still you know, quite remarkable. But as you can see, 
in the squiggly line for cloud, it's come down since the peak during the pandemic. Meanwhile, cybersecurity is very pervasive to the right, but as we'll show in a moment, it's bifurcated between the old and new platforms, meaning several modern cloud-based security offerings, they're showing strong momentum and are disrupting legacy solutions, which tend to pull the overall down. But inertia remains difficult to overcome for many organizations as they essentially rinse and repeat long-standing patterns. That makes rapid transitions difficult. This is of increasing importance and sometimes concern as leading security firms are reporting strong adoption of AI by attackers who have used AI for years. Today, however, many more bad guys have access to advanced AI tooling since ChatGPT's launch and the open source industry's response. So let's double click on the cybersecurity landscape and look at the players in the market. We wanna answer the question, which leading security firms are in the best position to exploit AI? Who's getting the uplift? This chart cuts ETR data, and what we did was we cross-tabbed 574 AI accounts, that is, strong adopters of AI, with cybersecurity firms, and in this case, they had to have an N of more than 100 mentions. So we filtered it on that, more than 100 mentions within that ETR survey. The vertical axis is spending momentum, or what we call net score, in those AI accounts, and the horizontal axis is the overlap or penetration in those AI accounts. Again, that red dotted line represents those platforms that have a highly elevated net score. Now we cut the data on the top 10 based on spending momentum. That's the chart that's inserted. And the top 10, that's at the top, and the top 10 sorted by the ends in the survey. So the top is cut by, uh, sorted by spending momentum, the bottom is by the presence or ends in the survey. And companies that make both cuts, i.e. top 10 in spending momentum and top 10 in presence, we give them four stars. And those four firms are Palo Alto Networks, CrowdStrike, Okta, and Zscaler. And you can see Cloudflare just misses the net score top 10 cut, so we're giving them two stars. Now, a couple of points are noteworthy here. First, Microsoft is dominant. You see that in the upper right, we put a box around Microsoft. And interestingly, last week, Microsoft made some security announcements for Secure Edge that spooked investors and it took down most of the sector. A lot of the security names got hit. However, as we said at the time, we thought that the sell-off was overblown as firms like CrowdStrike and Okta, they've always successfully competed with Microsoft's, for instance, identity and endpoint products respectively for years. So. The fact that companies like Palo Alto and Zscaler got hit surprised us a little bit, but I mean, it's a normal reaction of the market, but we thought it was overblown. But it's Microsoft and the company's current AI momentum, it captures a lot of attention and moves markets. All right, back to the data. Cisco's another call out here in this chart where we can see it has significant market presence to the right. It's got a $4 billion security business as a, as a separate business unit inside of Cisco. Now. That's smaller than Palo Alto's business, for example, because many customers, now you might ask, why is Cisco so much further to the right than Palo Alto if Palo Alto's bigger? And, and we suspect the answer is because many customers probably associate Cisco's networking with security. It, it's got such a huge networking business and that includes a lot of security capabilities and features. So they likely show up more prominently in the survey because customers think, oh, I'm buying networking and security together but that's not part of Cisco's separate 
security business, which is largely a software business. Now, having said that, as you can see, the company doesn't have the spending momentum of the four-star companies. G2, uh, G2 Patel, who runs that business, and we've talked many times, he's brought in Tom Gillis, formerly of VMware. They've got a vision and they, they have a plan to accelerate that momentum and it likely will involve security and networking coming closer together and of course, the injection of AI. Now, remember, we've simplified these pictures because we're cutting the data by those customers that are AI adopters and then we're narrowing that end N to be greater than 100. There are a lot of other companies in security space and this chart underscores how crowded it has become. And again, there's many more than we're showing here. It's just this happens to be the ones we capture in the ETR survey. Again, we cut the data by 574 AI customers and we turn off the requirement for 100 or more ends. Look what happens. The picture becomes both really crowded and bifurcated with a lot of firms showing single digit or negative spending momentum net score on the y-axis. So it's, that, that pulls the overall down despite the momentum of the big guys. But a couple of notable items here. While we only show 10 here in the inserted chart in the bottom right, there are 13 companies in the survey with this cut that are above the 40% mark. So that's very impressive. You've got, that, you've got that many companies above the highly elevated net score. It just talks to the momentum in the market and the number of players. There's another striking uh, stat. Datadog shows here at a 44% net score. That's 10 points higher than when you turn off AI. So AI is a real tailwind for Datadog in the security sector. It unders underscores the affinity that its platform has amongst AI adopters. Zscaler also jumps up 10 points when you turn on AI. So does Palo Alto. 10 percentage points, that's a significant delta. Now, most other players in this chart jump up as well, but not nearly as much as these. But the point is AI is a rising tide, lifting all boats that are in the water that are leaning into AI, which we talked about last week. This should be the case by all logic, but the other point of this chart is that the market is split between those modern platforms that have the momentum, either newer firms like Wiz, or more mature, for, for more mature firms like Palo Alto Networks and disruptors like Zscaler and CrowdStrike and, and Okta. And they're split from those that don't have the momentum and are in the red or in the you know, single digits in terms of net score or spending momentum. So on balance, this is a mature market, but large pockets of growth exist that are growing organically and disrupting and stealing shares from the existing legacy install base. Now, sticking with the AI theme, let's take a look at how organizations are deploying generative AI. This is data from ETR that shows for those organizations that are evaluating Gen AI, how, are they, and how they're contemplating using it and where it is actually deployed in production. So you can see the, the blue bars are we're evaluating and the yellow bars are in, in production. Now, not surprisingly, more folks are still evaluating than are in full production. Nonetheless, by this survey, around 45% of customers surveyed have LLMs in production. We talked about this at SuperCloud 3, where the hype and the deployments are actually aligned. Normally, that's not the case in emerging markets. So these companies are using large language models in ways that you'd expect. They're generating code. They're doing chatbots. They're writing marketing copy. They're summarizing text. There's a little bit of, of image action going on there. 
Now, while these aren't necessarily directly targeted and direct hits at security, one can see code generation helping developers better secure their code. Chatbots could help deal with incoming requests or inquiries to security teams. Summarizing documentation or logs and streamlining run reports, they're all things that could make security teams more productive. But one can see how these very same uses could dramatically assist attackers, writing better phishing emails, identifying vulnerabilities, and dozens of other uses which have been well-documented by others. We won't go into it in depth here. At SuperCloud 3, we asked folks whether ultimately AI will help attackers or defenders. And mostly people believe it will help attackers in the near term. And we, but we believe questions remain long-term as to how long it will take defenders to catch up. Let's hear from three leading executives how they answered this specific question, attackers or defenders. Who benefits most from AI? Here are John Rose, who's the CTO of Dell Technologies, Jade Chaudhry, the CEO of Zscaler, and George Kurtz, who's the CEO of CrowdStrike, all weighing in. Let's take a listen. In the security world today, it benefits the attackers. Um, I, we don't talk, like to talk about it, but it, it allows them to just move faster and to move at a speed and scale we've never seen before. We're already seeing that. Um, defensively, we've used it. We do great work on fraud detection and event correlation with AIs, and that's kept us treading water properly. But over the long term, again, if the fight is between a machine or a person with a few machines helping them, and it's a volume fight because that's what cyber is about these days. You're going to lose. And so we've got to find a path to be comfortable. Hackers shifting. are smart and passionate too. I think that big challenge is inertia in large companies. I'll tell you an interesting dialogue I had with the board of directors of a very large bank out of Asia. And one board member said, Che, you are sitting in the U.S. leading this number one company but some of the largest American Fortune 100 companies are getting breached. They got technology, they got money, they go, got all the know-how. Why are they getting breached? If they are, what hope do I have? <laughs> was the question. I had to think about it for 30 seconds. Then I said, all that is true. The biggest thing that's holding large corporations back is inertia. Think of inertia as a very powerful thing. I think when you look at adversarial AI and and generative AI, what I would, which I would say, um, one of the areas that I think is is critical is the ability to actually compress the time frame for exploitation. So think about this: you know, zero day Tuesday for Microsoft comes out, you know, once a month, and um, overall, what we found is that it takes some period of time to be able to reverse engineer patches and create exploits and things of that nature. And it's actually very specialized; you have to be very skilled in doing that. So you can take something which is very time-consuming and specialized and leverage a generative AI model to say, okay, every time there's a new Microsoft patch that comes out, reverse engineer it, create an exploit, and then start to build that into the exploit toolkits that can be monetized um, as part of the gray market. I mean, those are the kind of things that we're going to see. Okay, so we heard a few key themes there from these execs. Machines will beat humans if their humans are going it alone. Now... We had Gary Kasparov a few years ago on theCUBE. Gary Kasparov, best chess player in the world at one time, he lost a chess match to IBM's supercomputer. This is way before Jeopardy. And he started a contest. You know, he, was <laughs> he didn't want to lose, so he started a contest to figure out how to beat the computer. So he created these tournaments. 
that took humans and machines and proved that it could beat machines. So we think that the same will ultimately be true here in cyber, where the combinations of machines and humans will balance the stakes. Jay Chaudhry talked about inertia. That's a key point. <clears throat> He's right. But, and, and there's a risk there. But education, automation, and AI adoption is, will ultimately, we think, address that challenge. And then you had George Kurtz. Kurtz we think he nailed it. Today, Patch Tuesday mean, means 24 hours later, you get Hack Wednesday. And what he's implying is Patch Tuesday becomes Hack Tuesday, same day. And again, automation and AI should help close those gaps for the defenders. Ultimately, we think the arms race will reach an equilibrium. And, and at the same time, everything is getting compressed. That cat and mouse game is just gonna get compressed and start over again. All right, let's close with some of the things that we'll be paying attention to over the near and midterm. A couple of years ago, we wrote a research note titled, Chaos Means Cash for Criminals and Cyber Technology Companies. And we stand by that today. Cross-cloud complexities, you add to that chaos by injecting LLMs into the equation, really starts to change things. Now, on the one hand, AI can automate the mundane and those tasks that are sucking up a lot of time, but the diversity of LLMs you got drone in diff different vector databases, many, many choices of open source and other tooling. You got vendor AI marketing and AI washing, creating a lot of confusion for customers. Not to mention the fact that generative AI is generative and it's security and governance. You don't want a different answer every time. That's what you get with Gen AI. You want rather consistency and confidence and trust in your answers. So people talk about guardrails and it's unclear what shape those guardrails will take and in what form with Gen AI, especially as these langu large language models are concerned. So other forms of machine intelligence will likely be applied more specifically to security solutions. Now the macro continues to be problematic for companies that lack security talent and expertise to combat the enemy. And so often, as Jay Chaudhry's story underscored, they revert to the comfortable and they kick the can down the road doing what they've always done. Now, while that's a self-serving narrative that Jay Chaudhry shared with us for a disruptive vendor like Zscaler, it's still true. The likely outcome will be a combination of AI embedded into cloud security offerings that just come with the territory. For instance, think Salesforce Einstein. You're gonna have co-pilots as well that are supervised and keep humans in the loop and AI that is unique and directly sourced from AI companies and applied within an organization directly. It's gonna be a blend. So look, there's excitement, there's trepidation, there's also doubt, and there's a lot of uncertainty, but two things are clear. AI will be ubiquitous. Most, if not all jobs, including those in security, will be AI powered within just a few years. That is a near certainty and if you're not trying to figure out how to apply AI, you're gonna be left behind. By the way, I put up a poll on LinkedIn and another one on Twitter asking who ultimately will benefit most from AI, attackers or defenders. I'll publish the results, so please check that out, weigh in and let me know what you think and why. All right, we'll leave it right there. Thanks to Alex Meyerson, who's on production and manages the podcast, Ken Schiffman as well, and thanks to the crew and Palo Alto uh, today for letting us use the, their studios post SuperCloud 3. 
Kristen Martin and Cheryl Knight help get the word out on social media and in our newsletters. And Rob Hof is our EIC over at Silicon Angle. He does some great editing. Thank you all. Remember, all these episodes are available as podcasts. Wherever you listen, just search Breaking Analysis Podcast. I publish each week on wikibon.com and siliconangle.com. And you can email me at david.vellante at siliconangle.com or DM me at dvellante or comment on our LinkedIn posts. Please do check out etr.ai for the best survey data in the enterprise tech business. And thank you, Andrew Frick, as well for sitting in today. This is Dave Vellante for theCUBE Insights, powered by ETR. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time on Breaking Analysis.